Also, this podcast is sponsored by FNXFit.com. This website has protein shakes, powders, testosterone boosters, gummies, shirts, pretty much anything all about being healthy. Also, by the way, guys, you guys will get 10% off any order that you purchase with my discount code TJGleesack25. That's right, 10% off. And trust me, like 10% off will really help you guys out in the long run. Also, guys, if you don't like any of our products, well, we'll give you a refund with all your money back. So don't worry about that. You know, your money will be back. We'll get back to you once you meet your purchase. So go to FNXFit.com. That is FNXFIT.com. It will direct you to this, you know, awesome looking page. It's really just about staying healthy. And I know a lot of people want to stay healthy, especially during this time with the whole coronavirus out. So go to fnxfit.com, use my discount code TJGleesack25, and you'll get 10% off of any order. And if you guys want to get refunded, well, you'll get your money back. So uh, that's it. So let's go. Hey, what's up, guys? Do you guys like white teeth? Do you guys want to look good for the prom? Do you guys want to show those white pearls when you guys go out? and not have to wear a mask after you get your vaccine, well, go to brightensmile.com and use my discount code TJGleason657725. You get 25% off of any purchase you guys buy. That's brightensmile.com with my discount code TJGleason. That's T-J-G-L-E-A-S-O-N-657725 at brightensmile.com. Thanks. Everybody, welcome to the TJ TV podcast only on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and much more. Happy Friday! And uh, we have a Friday show. And today we have a very fun episode. We had Bob Kaplan come on for the first time, and um, you know, a good friend of mine filmed together. You'll hear a lot about how we met this that and the third even though i told the story but it's uh it's gonna be a long day <laughs> it's really gonna be a long day for me so the last couple of weeks uh, here's why i'm tired i've been i'm gonna talk uh, talk for a good like 15 20 minutes before the show starts um the last couple of weeks like last friday and this friday we've been going to tori's mom's house and basically where her mom lives it's 30 minutes the opposite direction of where we live and basically we've been getting up at 5 every morning leaving at 5 30 getting here by 6 me going to work at 6 30 it's a whole lot of shit that i've been doing recently every other friday oh man I forgot what it's like waking up at five in the morning. I really did. It's really exhausting. Um, great. But yeah, guys, last couple of weeks and or the last week has been really hectic for me. I've been doing lift a lot. I've been, um, I have this like weird pimple in my nose. 
which I didn't think you could get pimples in your nose, but evidently you can now. It's just uh, really, really exhausting. And I, I don't get how people can do it. I really don't get it, but you know. You know, I'm also at that point in my career where I don't even care anymore at this point. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to travel far, far away to a different land. Not a land, but like I'd rather go somewhere either like Texas or LA or New York. Well, maybe not New York because I don't I want to live somewhere warm, but I want to go somewhere warm. I don't want to go to Florida and I don't want to go to California or uh, uh, the Carolinas because it's too warm and too close to home, I feel like. I don't know, I'm not saying I don't want to live here and be with my family. I do, but at the same time, I'm just tired. Really, really tired. I don't get it. It's just exhausting. Yeah, so I'm just really exhausted, guys. Been a long day. It's going to be a long day. But, uh, yeah, such a hectic week for me. I didn't even go to bed till like, 2 in the morning last night either, so. You know. And the interview is pre-recorded. Oh, that was a secret. <laughs> but, yeah. There is one perk, though, about, like, getting up at 5 in the morning. There's nobody on the road. And, evidently... I hit every green light. So it works out for, you know, for the good. The good and the bad. But, yeah. It's going to be a long day for me. In general. Which I'm completely fine with. Um, but yeah, guys. How's everyone doing today? Um, by the way, next week, I think we're just going to do a solo show. So stay tuned for that. It'll be solo. Um, see, in a couple weeks, I'm planning to do something with Tim. I may try to get Britt back on the show for a Halloween episode. Um, yeah, we have a lot of stuff planned for you guys in the next few weeks. Uh, but yeah, guys... I am, um, I don't know. I, I am at a point in my career where I just want to move far away. I mean, do I think I'm capable of moving? Yes. Do I have a good career that could back me up? Not really. Not at the moment, maybe in another year. That's what I, that's what I think, though. I think in the next two years, I'm definitely going to be out of uh, Pennsylvania. I don't know if it's just how I feel or I don't know if it's just the way I uh, I want. I don't know what it is what I want, but I know I can move wherever in the field I'm in at this moment in time. But I know it's going to take a while. But if I do move, it's going to be it's going to have to be a lateral move. Like I can't move to east uh, East Jipip, Alabama, where there's no uh, 
where there's nothing there. I'm gonna have to move somewhere like an actual city, like close to a city or a small town outside the city so I can afford to live. You know, like Texas or outside of uh, Los Angeles. Because sitting in Philly and outside of Philly is really not doing me any good. So probably in the next two years, I'm going to I'm going to just pick up and move far away. Um, take Tori with me, obviously, but you know, whoever else can wants to move with me, get your own place. No, um, yeah, uh, but yeah, two years, I'm definitely dipping. I don't know where it is, but I know it's going to be. It has to be in a big town. It has to be in a big city. It has to be in a good market. Um, you know, a lot of people say, um, get out of your comfort zone. And, you know, we moved 40 minutes out of where we usually, where we came from, Tori and I. It's out of my comfort zone and I enjoy every second of it. Now it's kind of like I got to move somewhere else. So, yeah, but that could be a little bit long, uh, a little bit further down the line. I also hate this too. A lot of my friends get pissed off, like have been get have gotten pissed off before about this as well. Uh, whenever Tori and I date, or whenever we started dating, all of my friends would get so offended by it. I don't know why, but they would get so offended that we were dating. And it makes me think, like, why are you guys getting offended that we're dating? Oh, well, uh, you know, we never hang out. Well, I mean, here's the deal. Yes, you guys are, I've been friends with you forever, but I want to spend time with, she was my girlfriend at the time, with my girlfriend, fiance. And they would get offended by it. Like, this one guy... I'm not gonna say his name. He got mad because I made a big announcement. He was like, oh, what are you having a kid? Good, good God. I'm like, dude, I'm like, get over yourself. I am in a relationship, you haven't been in one. Why are you worried about your, about you having a kid or me having a kid? If I have a kid, I'll have a kid. I'm not, like he got offended because I made big news. I had a big announcement. If I really was having a kid, I would make an announcement and say something else. I probably wouldn't go live on Facebook and announce to everybody, oh, I have a kid. No. But, I don't know. I don't get it. I really don't. It's just nuts. I don't know. It really is. 
how some people who are close friends with me get pissed off that I have a fiance. I have other duties than just to hang out with people. I got my own house, got my own set of uh, things I gotta do, my own job. There's also something that's been also been pissing me off too. A family member has blocked me from social media and phone because of something I didn't, because of uh, something I never did. So there was something that they wanted me to do, but they never asked me. And that seems to be the recurrent problem in the family. If you don't ask, I'm not gonna give it to you. And the fact of the matter is, it's like, um, it's kind of like, why are you blocking me? Why, why block me when I've done everything for you people? It's annoying. It's real, really high. It's highly, not really. It's 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 highly annoying to me. The fact that like I've done everything in my power to help you people, and it's and you're gonna block me. You're gonna block my number because I didn't help because you never asked, and then you go and lie about it to people and say you've asked when I know you didn't ask. And that's the thing, people are gonna turn shit on me and make me look like the bad guy even though no one's asked me. And people wonder why I do this. Like, I have a podcast and I vlog my life. People really wonder why I do all that. And it's because, you know, I give my side to a story and I give my insights on what's going on it's just fucking crazy, like, what the shit I deal with, like, I'm mad at you, so I'm gonna block you, like, get over yourself, grow up, and, and, and then you're gonna post on Facebook how family's so important, but yet you, you don't have contact with me, guess it's just how I feel you know I generally have like strong feelings for this like when people you know block me for no reason at all or they have a problem with me people don't say it to my face and I don't get it I really don't get it, it it's it's annoying how that the, the shit I deal with But it's just it just pisses me off, I guess. And then and then I get like a whole lecture how you don't want a relationship with us. I do want a relationship. I don't want to be treated like shit. 
I just want you guys to treat me with respect. So, you know, you treat me with respect because I've given you guys the utmost respect to my life. I never told you guys to go fuck off or anything, which people said, oh, you should, but what's that going to accomplish? <gasps> Honestly. But... I don't know. I thought that was a mouse or something. Ugh. Yeah, but I'm not going to go tell these people to go fuck themselves, but... It's just kind of like... I've given you guys everything. I've tried to give you guys everything, and it's like, what are you people doing? Why are you treating me like shit? Because I didn't help... The one, the one time I didn't help. I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I am the problem and I just don't know it. I hate that about people. I, I hate the fact that people just don't ask me or if, when they have a problem they don't tell me to my face. Like just fucking tell me. If you have a if you have an issue, tell me. Don't go and tell people lies. Cause I'm sure that's been going on where I uh, in my family. I'm sure that's been going on. Lies have been told. And I don't care if they hear this, to be honest, but You know, I, I just don't like being told, like getting told, like, you're an asshole because you didn't do this and this. I did do it. Here's what I'm not doing, though. I'm not going around spreading lies. I'm not blocking people because I'm pissed off at the way they treat, uh, they treated so-and-so. Like... It's annoying. It's really annoying and it's at that point where I'm... Like I said, it's at the point where I want to move. And I don't care if, you know, people get offended by it. Because I'm tired of the fighting. I'm tired of arguing every day. And I'm just ready to go. I'm honestly ready to go and pursue something that I that I actually love to do, you know? So without further ado, let's get on with the interview. Bob Kaplan's coming up in a couple seconds, so let's get it guys. And uh hit you guys back with the outro in a second. What's up, everybody? I'm here with Bob Kaplan. Uh, this is actually a weird story how we met. Um, he's a <laughs> filmographer, and we did a few film projects together, and we're probably going to be doing more in the future. Yeah. Um, but anyways, <laughs> so I met Bob 
Oh, hold on. I'll, I'll tell, you want to tell the story? Well, in the short time I've known you, we have so many weird things that have like occurred. <laughs> like the whole the whole story, the story as a whole is weird because I just remember. It, yeah, it's better from my point of view because I was the one that was flabbergasted. Yeah. Um, so it's weird telling the story with you present because usually when I tell the story, it's a little more of a mystery because they don't know like how it's going to end. But obviously, you know, we're together in the same place. But yeah, so I got um, I got a request from somebody named TJ on Facebook <laughs> and he said, I want to be a filmmaker. And and I was kind of like short with you, too, because I'm like, OK, well, what, what does that mean? Like, yeah. what do you want to do in film? And uh, so the next day I'm at work and I see this redheaded guy sit down in my section. Um, and, and I'm like, my God, that guy looks familiar. And and then it kind of like I don't know if I acknowledged it yet that I knew that I realized it was you. But then I went and I looked at your ID because I carded you and it was a different name. So I'm like, OK, it's not the same person. And then, like, the more I talk to you, I'm like, well, come on. I, I went in the bathroom and I pulled it up. And then I noticed your fiance in the picture with you. I'm like, that is them. Yeah. So I'm like, do you have, like, another name? And you're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, I told you the story. Somebody hit me up on Facebook. And you're like, yeah, I have a twin. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and at first, I'm like, OK. And then... Um, do you um are you all right with cursing on here yeah go for it um so i'm like this guy's fucking with me and i go back in the bathroom i look at the picture again then you're eventually like you're like yeah i gotta be honest i don't have a twin i'm like no shit you don't have a twin <laughs> but it was like it was so weird and then um so then the next thing i guess is when we started talking about the ghost hunting well no we did i helped you you came over to film you came over to film something for your channel and i, I did a like a small role in it and then I almost gave you COVID. Yeah, I remember that. That was uh, that was nuts. It was like it was like you know we filmed, and then the next day I'm like, yeah, I have COVID. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then like a month later, because I think like we literally filmed like two different things, like right after I get, got each one of my shots, because I think we filmed something else right after I got my second shot. Um, but then we did the twin tunnels thing for the Spirit Project. And that is a story in itself because that was just, I mean, that was perfect for the first video. I, I was watching, rewatching it the other day and I was like listening to the audio because I, I put my headphones in when I listen to, uh, you know, when I watch videos and you can hear some stuff in there. It's kind of creepy. Yeah, it was hard because there's definitely, you got the wind going on in there and then like the EMF was beeping, but um, it was creepy. It was like, I mean, it was like, <laughs> what? the first video and i end up getting lost in the tunnel without my phone that i'll tell you one thing during that whole filming scene i was actually kind of freaked out because i remember i called your name and you said you were on the other side and i said okay and then i kept going back and forth through the tunnel and i couldn't find you and i didn't hear you at all well and that was the weird like we didn't know that there was really no end to the tunnel it was just like a dead end yeah and because I get there and I'm like, I can't climb up. Uh, and I'm like, because I was like, I got to the tunnel. I'm like, that was scary as hell. I'm out of the tunnel. And then I look around. I'm like, I, there's no way out. I'm like, I am not going back in that tunnel. 
And I'm like, I, I have to go back in the tunnel. <laughs> and I definitely sped through the second time. It didn't seem that long of a video, though, when we did it. Like, it seemed like it didn't seem you were like in the tunnel that long. But I guess, like, from our point of view, like filming it, it seemed like forever. Yeah, it was probably. I would say I might have been in there for eight minutes. Because yeah. I feel like I know it. I think it took me four minutes to get back. So maybe like ten to twelve minutes, I might have been in there. Um, and I did. Like, I did trim it up a little bit, you know, so it's not just me walking. Like I, I was trying to get like the more interesting stuff to watch and then I was cutting back with you. But um uh but overall, yeah, it was not as long, I think, as we it felt like to us at the time. Yeah, and I feel like it's gonna be longer if we ever do, if we do like more like investigation soon. Well, so okay, my power just went out. <laughs> oh, that's weird. Oh no, we should be talking about this. <laughs> oh god. Every this is uh we we cannot have one normal story between the two of us. No, it, we we have a weird like thing when it comes to us. Like in some way, shape, or form, there's always something weird happening. Well, yeah, and 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 now you've uh, you've uh, uh, had two of my friends on here. You've no. had Rick Mc, Rick McCallum oh. and and Mark Mackner. I didn't get Mark on the show. He had a cancel at the last second. Oh, he did, yeah. Well, he's got so many kids. I didn't know he had kids. Why did your power go out? Um, it's not, there was like, wasn't there like a hurricane or a tornado warning? Um, today? I know yesterday, I don't know, because there was a hurricane. Is it windy out? No, I'm looking outside my window right now, and I just see a dark cloud. I'm in, um, I'm in, well, you see, you know where I live, I'm in the woods, so it's like a fart can knock my power out. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, um. Yeah, Mark. Uh, Mark's got like four kids, oh, four really? or five kids. Yeah, he's got like, he's um, he's like always got so much going on, and it's amazing he even has the time to make movies. <laughs> I'll tell but, you. But uh, I say yeah, I'm, I'm working. I worked with him on his uh, last feature uh, as a assistant director, producer, makeup effects. Um, second unit director uh director of photography prop ma prop master wardrobe and casting director hmm. so that's why that's why i like working with mark because he puts me to work so i get to do a lot of stuff ah uh, okay but um but i'm working on my movie right now and then i'm also going to be working with him soon on the next installment to the daisy durkin series when's that going to be uh filmed what We're, we haven't even finished editing the um the third one yet because i just cast the actress for a, a scene just as a stand-in right because everything else is shot i think all the um claymation effects are done and i think we just finished all the green screen effects huh um, this is definitely going to be like, I mean, he's got, he had this, he's got this, um, German claymation guy making the dinosaurs for it. And they look really cool. So how does he, so how does he do all that without CGI? I, I actually would really like to talk, like talk to him about his films. Well, he just, well, so, uh, the, he ended up getting that same guy to help finish the green screen effects, okay. but over, uh, quarantine, Mark was, um, studying coding so he could learn how to do green screen. 
So, and I think he did do a lot himself because Mark does do a lot. He does, you know, he edits the whole thing himself. That's why he usually takes it, takes him a couple of years to get it done a feature because, you know, he's got, he works full time. He's got a wife and kids. So, you know, finding the time to do it, but he does all the editing and the post-production on his own. Yeah. I feel like that takes like a whole lot, like, especially when you have kids, like you have yeah. no time. And I, I've gotten better lately with editing, like making more time to do it. But because it, it's like it's something we it's hard to sit down to do. It, but once you like start doing it, you're just in the zone. Yeah, I mean, that, that's why that's one thing I like about editing. I mean, when it comes to filming, like um, just a regular video that like I would do on my channel or you would do on your channel. It, I feel like editing that is kind of less stressful than with the spear project because you actually have to be on point with certain things and i've learned it myself when doing my own like investigations and that was like the one thing that made it difficult which isn't hopefully not going to be the case with the future ones we do together because we had those two narratives because you had you driving around and then me in the tunnel like hopefully we're not going to be on oh power's on (laughs) that was weird I'm telling you, your place is haunted now. Yeah, well, dude, I, I mean, I know I, you know, brand myself as a skeptic, but I did feel like I might have brought something out of the tunnel with me. <laughs> but I ended up just doing, you know, I, I just said, get out of here. That's what Rick McCallum, Rick, Rick McCallum said, you know, salt and sage, it's not going to do anything. All you got to do is just tell the ghost to get the fuck out. Oh, really? Yeah, he said that's the only, he said crystals do have vibrations, so that makes sense, but... um. He said, like, you know, you just got to tell the ghost to get the fuck out. They're not welcome. So that's what I did. It's funny because Rick, it's like, you know, I'll call him up to ask him, like, ghost hunting questions. And then, like, the one time I'm like, what's the best thing to get rid of fake blood off your skin? What is the best thing to get rid of fake blood off your skin? Barbasol. What is bar? Oh, uh, shaving cream? Yeah, there, it's a really shitty shaving cream, but there's something about Barbasol that works better than all the other ones it's it's really thick it's the foam itself is thicker than the other shaving creams really but yeah because the fake blood will stain your skin and barbasol is the best thing to get it off and um i heard that from an effects artist years ago and then rick told me that again but uh that's why i always have a bottle of barbasol in my shower because i'm always you know getting covered in fake blood no matter what i'm filming yeah i'm actually um in the next like couple of weeks, probably I'm going to be working on a script for this new series I'm working on. That's going to involve just ghosts and whatnot. Eventually, um, since I work like since at my job, I don't really do much. I just mm. think about what's the next series I could put on with the with uh, TJ's vlogs. You know what I mean? Because mm. I don't want to do the alien thing again. I mean, that, that story's done. That was fun, though, uh, especially the shot you got of me coming out of the um, the woods. And then when I grabbed you in the car. Yeah. I've That's also- what I was. I was worried because I grabbed you. I'm like, my God, I, I would feel awful if I gave the kid COVID. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, though, with this whole Delta variant, like I'm actually kind of like getting like kind of scared now with everything going on. Yeah. And I started wearing a mask again. Yeah, well, everyone, I think some stores you have to wear a mask anyways, like Wawa, um, mm. right by, what is that road called? Right by, right by 352 and a giant. Well, I noticed they have signs saying vaccinated or not, we want you to wear a mask, right. but I don't think they can actually enforce it anymore. 
So like they, they, they tell you to, but people are still walking in there without them. Are you, um, I lost my train of thought. Fuck. (laughs) I hate that about this sometimes. Yeah. I imagine, imagine doing it while you're eating hot sauce. Like I do when I interview people. (laughs) I meant to, yeah, I meant to actually tell you guys that Bob also has his own YouTube channel called the blunt Bob experience. And he just does some fucked up challenges. He brings (laughs) hot sauce. We did uh, me and him did sour pickle balls. That would that was a rough one too. Um, just because they were so gross. I would do it again, to be honest. I have others. I I was uh, I have those uh, Reaper lollipops I haven't done yet, but I have the one chip challenge, which I would not subject anybody to that. And it's the one challenge I've been scared of, and I got to do that this week because it's it, it this year's chip just came out, so everybody's going to start doing it now. Uh, even even on my desk here, like I have a, a scorpion. You can't even see it. I have my green screen on. I have a scorpion and I got some hot sauces because I was I've been going on this um, community media dot net. I've been going on their trivia show. And the last time I went on, I did some uh, scorpion uh, puree and I still made second place. So where's that at? They, they're, uh, it's online. Like it's on their, uh, they put it on their Facebook page or Facebook live. Okay. I did not, I didn't share the last one because I shared the first time I went on there. Um, but a friend of mine, Elizabeth Roden, she's a model and an actress. I think she goes by Lisa Jane, but uh, she invited me on and they actually asked me to be on the panel like weekly. I just don't know if I can commit to every single uh, Tuesday. Because you work and whatnot. Yeah. Cause like by the time I get done work i'd have to like rush over here to do it and i did it last week but i, st- I still I, it's fun going on there i like uh i'm really good at trivia apparently because <laughs> uh i was third place the first time i went on then second place so hopefully you know i'm shooting for first now yeah definitely but uh right now what i'm working on is i finished this oh you're on mute call me uh, roll credits the uh, further adventures of Sledgehammer Steve and it's basically um, about what happens to the hero of the video game after the video game's over uh, yeah that's a good concept I feel like with that yeah he just he gets fat and becomes an alcoholic and <laughs> the world just starts to forget about him um, and I, I, I'm setting it up to be something that if I want to add more installments to I can but since I just canceled my web series, like I don't want to commit to anything long term because that was the problem. Like I tried, it was hard enough to do my web series before COVID, and then COVID made things really more difficult to film. Do you believe that it's hard to commit to so many? Like you have so many things. Like let me rephrase this: me and you, I feel like me and you are the same in some certain aspect. We have so many ideas in our head. Do you feel like it's? it drives you crazy and it's hard to commit so much when we have such little time. Um, yeah, it does. And I really, I mean, it's one of those situations where I with, wish <clears throat> money wasn't an option because <clears throat> if I didn't have to work, I would have so much more free time. Um, but um, like, you know, in, in, I think November I'm doing a benefit for colon cancer. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a comedy show and I'm going to do an eating challenge. And then I just did Philly's Funniest. You know, I started doing that trivia show. 
you know, I'm working with you on some videos. I got my channel. I got my film stuff. It's like I keep having to say, like, no, you got to say no to something. It's like my problem is just saying yes all the time. And also on top of that, having my own ideas, like you said, where I'm like, I really want to go do something like this now. And you have your own podcast, too. Yeah, well, that, that's that been in limbo. We just kind of, um, I think I think his, his new job, because we, we kind of fell off when we got COVID. We both got COVID at the same time. And that whole month, we ended up not recording anything. Right. And then it's kind of been hard to get back in the groove since, and then he got a new job. So Tuesday nights are when we were doing it. And now it's just but, kind of in limbo. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm either going to... Um, Sorry, I love, you know, I can't have one minute. Like everybody's always blowing me up no matter what I'm doing. <laughs> I used to, when I, when I had my old podcast called Two Big Ball Guys, we had a, uh, we had a catchphrase in the show called Fuck You, Mark Mackner. Yeah. Because he was always like messaging me. We were filming at the time. He was always messaging me when we were recording. So I'd be I, like, leave me alone, Mark Mackner. <laughs> That's one thing I hate with people. Like, you know, they know you're doing stuff and then they blow you up. Well, it was just my yoga instructors just started hitting me up saying, are you, did you want to do the class tonight? And it was like, but then I have the actresses hit me up because I'm, you know, because I did, you know, I put out that casting call yesterday. It's just, there's never, there's never a moment to yourself because it's like with the way the internet is and I use Facebook pretty much for everything when it comes to filmmaking. Um, I'm always just in a conversation or something. And like, my bosses hate it when I'm like, I'm like, hold on, give me a second. I just got to send a text. But luckily I have lenient bosses. who They don't really care about texting as long as you're not in front of guests. Yeah. That's one thing. They, uh, that's one thing I like. I mean, I work at a job right now where I can come in at seven in the morning and get done at like three and have mm -hmm. the rest of the day to myself. And, they're like, yeah, you know, you can do just, uh, you have an easy job. You just sit down on the computer and type in codes. I'm like, cool. You're, you're at a radio station, right? Uh, yes. I started yeah, doing that recent, a uh, couple, about a month ago. Well, I, I almost got a job as a marketing assistant uh, in LA. It was a remote job. And it was like, I think it was like $500 a week for, um, for three hours a day for five days and i feel like entertainment jobs like that's where you know it's like you can work shorter hours and make more money it's great yeah that's, that's one thing i like that's one thing i'm planning on doing when it comes to when it comes to a podcast when it comes to working at a radio station which i am now i'm planning to make that a full-time career at a radio station and they even said, you know, you put in the work with what you're doing right now. I'm not going to say what I'm doing because, mm. you know, they listen. But um, if I put in the work, I rather they said, you know, they'll reward me with full time. And I just had to make connections, they told me. Yeah, for me, I mean, the one thing I really want to do is a steady job is the journalism. Because um, that's, you know, I went to school, I have a literature degree. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say I don't want to work in radio or like live performance, you know, performances or film, like those are all options as well. They're just, it's hard to break in through a lot of things. So yeah. it's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to make movies. I'm going to do comedy. I mean, nothing's going to stop me. Whatever sticks, sticks, hopefully. I actually almost got, I actually applied for a few jobs in LA as well. 
that were remote before I got into the radio station. Yeah, COVID kind of opened uh, opened the world up a lot too, because it really retreated. You know, we retreated onto the internet with Zoom and everything. I mean, now you can, you know, so many people working from home, you can kind of work anywhere. You can work from any company in the world. I applied for a position in Hong Kong once for Disney, <laughs> and um, they said uh, the prerequisite was you have to be American, and uh, you have to learn, you have to know Mandarin. And I got an interview, and they said, do you know Mandarin? I was like, nope. And they're like, yeah, sorry. That's funny. You have to be American, and you have to know Mandarin. It was weird. Like it was a weird interview that I had. Yeah, I um, I was, I was, I, I, I never heard back from that job. But I was like, man, I work three hours a day and make make five hundred a week. I could live with that. And it was LA hours, so I would work later in the day. So it'd be like twelve to three, I think. Let's see if it was. So it'd be six o'clock here and three o'clock there. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Well, there's one guy I know who works in New York and he does editing for film and uh, it's work from home. But he said he has to move to New York in like a a couple of years or like a year, I think. I had a film professor once that commuted from New York every day to Temple. And she was the one of the worst film professors ever. And I think that's why she commuted so far is because nobody in New York would hire her. (laughs) <laughs> but she was a temple temple's not a, a bad school at all no. but uh but yeah she would literally take the train every single day back and forth from new york i would hate that i couldn't imagine that you know it's like two hours though every day is it two or like three it, it's two it's two hours from here to new york and plus like you stop constantly too so yeah. like say you you have to get up at four in the morning probably you get there by six and then just say your day ends at three and you get home at six. So you're, you're pretty much not at home. You have to live in Philly pretty much essentially. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and my thing, you know, film school is you got so many crackpot professors in there because it was all about experimental films and documentaries. So like most filmmakers who want to make actual movies, it wasn't very useful. Um, the only thing that's useful is learning the equipment and the software and how to edit and all that. And the networking was good too. But I mean, overall, what they actually teach you in, in, in film school is pretty bullshit. Um, honestly, there's community colleges that have an associates in film. That's great. To me, a two-year degree in film, that's plenty. I, I even feel the same when it, com- when it comes to uh, communications as well. Two years in commu- for an associates for communications, that's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everywhere, you know, the whole world is about where you went to school and what degree you have. But like, you know, in a lot of fields, what do you need? Why do you need more than an associate's degree? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think I, I bet you in the next five years, having a degree isn't going to matter for some. Yeah, probably. For some, not all. I mean, if you want to be a doctor, yeah, you might need a degree. But if you want yeah. to be like, you know, some, like a filmmaker or communications major like me or you it's not going to matter everything i've learned i've learned by doing i learned i mean even in in film school i learned how to edit but it was on final cut and now everyone uses adobe um i learned and when i edited when i filmed in film school we use something called tape which doesn't exist anymore so it's like everything gets i mean with film everything gets so outdated so fast when you by the time you take the camera out of the store it's already like obsolete 
Right. So it's like, you know, I mean, it was, we used to have to capture the footage. So we would put the tape in the tape deck and then put the markers in there and then it would convert it into digital form. So like we would have to edit with the tape deck, um, you know, capture it and then upload it onto the computer before we can put the files onto um, Final Cut. And you had two ways you could do it. You can literally chop it up on the tape deck so all the clips are how you want them. Doesn't always work out that way though because sometimes the tape gets screwy and, and it screws everything up. Or you just hit capture now, then you have to go in individually, individually and cut up the clips yourself in the timeline on Final Cut. So things are so much easier now with digital where you literally, you shoot it and you got the clip. Right. So it's like, and that was, and, and, you know, everything I learned, it was obsolete. I took a filmmaking class and I worked with film and a Bolex camera with the crank. When am I ever going to use that again? Never. And, and I even had it like digitize the footage, develop it and digitize it. So it's like all that stuff is just them taking my money. Yeah. You know, I mean, the things I learned in film school, I met people that I still work with. I, uh, I mean, I do appreciate learning how to edit on there. Um, and I guess, like, I guess I learned a good amount about cameras. But overall, I've learned more by making movies, especially since most of the stuff I learned is obsolete anyway. So I had to relearn things. And I feel like it's just going to, you're going to have to relearn things even more and more throughout the next like 10 years. Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest advice you can ever give to anyone in any field is you're always got to be learning, especially like where the, the films that are very tech based, like we are. Um, I mean, look at the way podcasts are. I mean, it started off. I mean, when I, my first podcast, I had to have it on SoundCloud and then get it on iTunes. And now anchor is such an amazing platform. Yeah, I love it. I'm so glad I found Anchor when I did back in 2019. Yeah, Anchor, like I, I do everything, you know, the app, I edit on there and um, and then it publishes everything and it does everything. So it's such a great platform. And, you know, they and they don't charge you. In fact, they pay you for the ad space that you do for them. My favorite thing, well, I started my podcast. It was kind of like a webcast. So I usually, it was on, what was it on? YouTube at first. So basically it was just a YouTube show. And then I was like, you know what? Let me just start posting the shit to Facebook. And then that's where my views got, you know, sky high. And then I found Anchor. And then that's when uh, more people started, you know, tuning in. Yeah. And Anchor also, I mean, it's a good app too with, with the analytics um everything about it, i have no issues with it at all um it's <laughs> i remember you know it's always doing this like you always like oh not a sponsor not a sponsor and the one time like i was saying how great anchor was on my podcast and i said it is a sponsor <laughs> but i have a written link on good mythical morning i think they actually made a shirt this is not a sponsor yeah because it's one of the most used phrases on the internet not a sponsor. Yeah. We were, what was I watching? I was watching the movie uh, Free Man today. I want to see that. That looks really good. Uh, well, I have, so I have a fire stick so I can watch whatever comes out. The one mm -hmm. complaint, I, I didn't get to watch the whole movie, but I watched like parts of it. But uh, the last 10 minutes of the movie, it was in Arabic. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, the movie was in English the whole time for like an hour and 50 minutes. And the last 10, it's like in Arabic. It's weird. 
Was it was it pirated? Uh probably. Because it had yeah. like a so they had like an Arabic like um something in Arabic on top of the screen and it would pop up every now and then. First time I watched Iron Man, it had uh Spanish subtitles because my buddy had a pirated copy. And uh there were unfortunately there were actual scenes where you needed to read subtitles. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I mean, as a filmmaker, I don't uh, pirate anything anymore. I used to. I think the Fire Six, uh, the Fire Six, is the best way to go for now, at least, because you have the ability to watch whatever. Sometimes, like I know there are some episodes you can't watch. Like we tried to watch the Loki special with Sim, uh, that was the Simpsons were doing, and um, I couldn't find one single copy. Same thing with Peter Rabbit. Yeah, well, that was why. I mean, I, a lot of uh, movies and TV shows that I liked uh, don't did not get renewed for a sequel or a second season because of pirating. Like um, Ash vs. Evil Dead got canceled because of it. Um, there's a film called Digging Up the Marrow, and Adam Green said they'll never let me make a sequel because everybody who saw the movie stole it. And I'm like, I'm not gonna lie, I did pirate it originally, but I ended up buying a copy eventually. Yeah. Every movie I pirated from Adam Green, I end up buying. <laughs> Where do you pirate it from? I used to use Kick-Ass, Pirate Bay, and then, like, one other site. That was before that I saw the error of my ways. Like, I, I'll admit, you know, as much as I am against pirating, I have, I used to do it. Like, I have friends whose movies have been pirated. Um... And uh, I just, that's why I like Amazon Prime. Most of the time, it's like, yeah, I'll pay the four bucks. Which is sometimes it's a, yeah, but then there's other stuff. Like, there was a show on Shudder I really liked called Lucky Man. And it was by, it was created by Stan Lee. And it's funny that they even had it on Shudder because it's not horror at all, but it's not down on there anymore. And each season is like 20 bucks on Amazon, but I was able to buy a DVD of the first season. But I can't, I can't even find a DVD for the second and third. Really? So it's like some stuff, it's just like it's still, some stuff does get hard to, uh, to find online. What about, um, oh, there was that one, there was one show that it's just like a group of like comedians, they just sit around and that's on Shudder. And they just talk about, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, they got a lot of those types of shows on there. Let me see. I have I, Shudder. I'm renewing my Shudder now that Slasher is on there because I'm a big fan of that show and the new season of Slasher is on Shudder now. They keep switching networks to that show. I tried to get into Slasher. I couldn't get into it. Season one's okay. Season two is really good. And season three is even better. It, the show just keeps getting better as it goes on. So is it like an anthology series or what is Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the first one, you got your classic... Um, girl comes back to her hometown after childhood trauma and then uh while visiting the killer who killed her parents a new serial killer emerges okay. so you've seen that plenty of times so it was cool uh season two you have kind of a friday the 13th feel where these camp counselors come back to um basically dig up a dead body but the, the camp is now a spiritual retreat 
and it's the dead of winter, and then a killer shows up and starts killing them off. And then the third one is about an apartment complex and a uh, killer. That one's really cool. It's like, you know, killers going through the complex and basically killing everybody at the summer solstice, uh, like a summer solstice event. Right. Um, and they all they all begin with some type of murder or tragedy and then come back to present day. And then there's a killer killing people for that reason. So uh, they all fit like a similar theme. They usually they have a lot of the same actors in each season. Um, very similar to American Horror Story. What about, did you ever see Fear Street yet? I haven't finished the third one yet. I finished the third, I didn't like the third one. The third one was kind of, eh. I didn't, I mean, because it starts off having like the same actors, but different characters. Yeah, it's not, it's not a bad movie. So my inner, my inner 90s kid loved part one. To me, it was like the stranger. It was Stranger Things for '90s kids. And then Part Two, my inner Jason super fan loves Part Two. Yeah. I, so the third one, really, I'm like, I don't. Know. It's just about the witches and stuff. The crap. I still need to finish Part Three. Yeah, but it was more like the old witch trials, Salem. They got yeah. tons of shows on that now. I don't know. I there's a show called Stand Against Evil. It was kind of a knockoff of Ash vs. Evil Dead, but they kind of uh, uh, talked about the Salem witch trials a lot, and they did. A, they actually did an interesting way of doing it. Really? I mean, it's funny because you know TV is doing really well with horror now. I feel like. Gotta, go on. I say you got a lot of good horror. I mean, look at Stranger Things alone, which is really. I'll tell you at the horror conventions, those Stranger Things lines are huge. Really. Those conventions have been packed because because people who aren't even real horror fans are just Stranger Things fans, <laughs> which is kind of nerve wracking. I tried to get my dad into watching it, and he pretty much said because he's like, "Oh yeah, I love '80s," and he watched Culver Kai, and he was like, "That's my favorite show." So I was like, "You might like Stranger Things." I was like, "I know you don't like horror, but you know it has a lot of you know '80s, you know, what's the word, uh, nostalgic." feels to it and he was just like yeah sure i'll watch it he watched it he didn't like it i'm like how do you not like it i don't know how anybody can not like stranger things um it's it's great hard it's basically to me it's a, if stephen king's did if stephen king did twin peaks at least season one because each season is its own thing that's right. what's cool about it too is they do something different every time i never saw twin peaks that was a great show. i mean i don't know i guess you'd say it's hard uh, it's weird. It's a really weird show. Um, definitely, you know, it's got the horror, the mystery, but it's very surreal. Right. Um, but I was, I, I'm definitely a big fan of Twin Peaks. They brought it back and I heard it wasn't that good. That's, and we're also, we're living in the, in the world of reboots right now too. Yeah. Oh, I hate it's reboots. like, it, if something was successful, it's going to come back. Oh yeah, Definitely. Like um, uh, Lost, that was a great show. They are bringing that back, aren't they? Lost. I think I heard something. I don't know. Every I never even watched Heroes Reborn. It was hard enough to watch Heroes to begin with. I'll look that up real quick with Lost. But hey, if they're bringing that back, I would love that. That was a that was my favorite show back in the day. They brought Twenty Four back. Yeah, I feel like they kind of screwed that up though. And like when they brought 24 back, 
you know, that's a, that's a funny story. Um, so I don't know if I ever told this to you, but when I started out as a filmmaker and actor, I was in, I took a beginning beginner's acting class right? because to me, I had more fun in those classes. Um, you got to play around a lot more and overall I, uh, I got a lot out of them. And I even told the professor, I'm like, if you can just make me do like extra work, I'm, I'd appreciate it. So I ended up doing like for the final performance, I did like two of them instead of one, just because I really wanted to challenge myself. And I met a guy in that class and I had currently, I'd recently been cast on a pilot at that time to play an ex-Black Panther. I don't think that would have went over well nowadays. No. Having a white guy as an ex-Black Panther, but a black, it was a black guy directing and writing too so it was his idea but so i got cast as that role and they didn't have a lead actor yet so this guy in the class named zico zaki i recommended him he got cast uh he is now the star of a hit show on cbs called fbi and he was also in seven episodes of 24 um you know he's been in a lot of stuff and he's really blown up and i got him his first acting gig <laughs> And, um, and I was actually, you know, pretty beaten up about it for a while. Kind of depressed the shit out of me. You know, he's this big star. Because he even said to me, I hit him up. I said, you know, congratulations on everything. And he said, I was just talking about you. I was telling my friend that you believed in me before anyone else did. And I'm like, well, you're going to throw me a fucking bone then? He should. I mean, you got him his first gig, so. Yeah, he doesn't even really message me back anymore. I hit him up now and again, just to bullshit. Nothing like I, I, I never asked him for anything. Right. I, I, I think I did tell him. I mean, I told him I'm still, you know, making movies and still doing it. Um, but the show's still going. I think they're on season three or four now, and it's produced by Dick Wolf, the guy that put um, Law and Order. Yeah. Bum bum. <laughs> There's one so thing. I, go on. I would say whenever like I turn on the TV, you know, I screwed up a chance to write for SpongeBob years ago too. When did that happen? I had a friend. Um, he was I was writing a show with this company. They they hired me to write. They were trying to do an, an old school MTV like show, and they wanted me to write the narrative portion. Um, and one of the producers on that asked me if I wanted to write for Spongebob and I think he had a friend who was Cassie, you know, who was like hiring who worked for Spongebob and my dumbass said, I hate Spongebob, but I'll do it. <laughs> and he's like, nah, you gotta like it. I'm like, if I would have just said that one thing differently, my life could be so different right now. I hate Spongebob. How do you hate the show though? The show's a good show. Back then. I don't know. I never, I don't know. I never got it. It just never made any sense to me. It's, I do like now that I found out like the dark history behind it is kind of cool. Yeah, that's, well, the dark history is actually really kind of cool. Did you hear about the dark history of Rugrats? Oh, wasn't it that the the babies are dead and the Ange Angelica was like hallucinating them or something? Yeah. Um. Well, I know the SpongeBob one was actually confirmed. Oh, I think the I, I think the writer actually confirmed the SpongeBob one. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I know. I think the Rugrats one is just a theory. 
I don't think they would ever go. Well, that, but then you got the Rugrats all grown up. Yeah, that is. That's another thing too. And they made a reboot of the show. They did, isn't it like CGI or I mean, like uh, like the Pixar style? Yeah, which I mean, I don't know how good it is. I don't know when it came out. I think it just came out recently, like a month a month or two ago. So I don't know how good it is. But they're redoing like old episodes, but it's all Pixar style, which I think is kind of eh, it could be a bad move. To my opinion. are they because the actor who played Grandpa isn't alive anymore? Are they going to use the old voice? Are they going to re-record all the audio? I don't know. I'm looking it up right now. Let's see. Uh, voice cast. Talk, talk about dark shows like from our childhood, like David the Gnome. He was also the voice of David the Gnome, Grandpa. Really? And that show ended with him dying. And then Dinosaurs ended with him dying. <laughs> Uh, which was actually kind of funny because of the Ice Age. Really? Talk, um, I love Funny or Die. Funny or Die is a great channel. And um, they do a very special episode and the Zach Morris is trash. Right. Oh, yeah. And I, and I love that they go back on old shows and stuff and point out how fucked up they are. <laughs> Did you ever see the news uh, Say by the Bell reboot? No. No. I don't know if I ever will. I don't know if I want to. Like, what's the point? I, I mean, it was a favorite show for me as a kid. I watched, like, the first, like, three episodes, and uh, Tori's mom loved the show, but she didn't, get, she didn't get the whole premise. I was like, what do you mean? She was like, well, there's a girl in the show that's a transgender that wants to play football. I'm like, okay. She was like, we didn't have transgender. I'm like, who cares? It's a new age. That's what a lot of people, that, that's what I hate about a lot of people. They always like, you know, they hate when new things come out. Well, yeah, Saved by the Bell was very, was not politically correct at all. No, and this one's very, very Yeah, so it's correct. trying to trying to fix a lot of that. I feel like that's a good move, too, to get more people to watch it. Yeah, especially go back on, well, I mean, so many shows, even from like our parents' errors, like, I mean, look at All in the Family. They can never pull that off today. Yeah, or um, I love Lucy. Leave it the Beaver. None of that. Yeah, that was uh, those are very sexist. The woman being in the kitchen. Yeah, I I have my share fair of uh, women activist groups after me. <laughs> I've been lucky. I've been lucky. I haven't because um, I mean even Dollface. I had people saying because Dollface to me was a film that was, you know, supposed to be pro-feminism. You know, it's about a badass superhero chick. Um, but I did get some, I mean, yes, I sexualized the character. I mean, I don't, I don't see that as, as an issue that it's supposed to, that's harmful. Right. But I mean, I could see that pissing people off. Um, I mean, I did make her tagline justice with tits. <laughs> But it was funny and people liked it. So I kept going with it. But I mean, I, I was trying to be very, you know, because I like generally having strong female leads in my films. Right. And it wasn't until recently when I started casting myself, I usually always had a strong female lead. Yeah, I feel like that's a. I, I feel like some of the stuff I've done 
I've gotten a lot of hate and I've gotten a lot of love for it at the same time. And you already, and you told me this before, like I talk about a lot of uh, controversial things, which, you know, I love talking about it because it gets people, gets my voice out there. Yeah. As a, as a journalist, I try to be neutral. Some things I just refuse to be quiet about. Like, um, especially like talking about, like we're talking about Delta and stuff. It's like, you swear to goddamn mask, get the vaccine. I, I mean, you know, to me, that's not political. That's just common sense. Right. Because it's like, I don't know. And I don't know why a virus got politicized. You know, it makes no sense to me. It's just like, but anti-vaxxers have been going on for years. Oh, yeah. It's it's going to continue. I mean, I, think... I just... go on. Oh, people are like, I refuse to wear a mask. Why? Who cares? It's a piece of cloth. You're fine. <laughs> Well, I, I think they're doing it. I don't know why people are doing it, to be honest. I can't even like give a good general answer why. It's an entitlement. Americans are so entitled. Well, take a look what's going on in Taliban, uh, Taliban in Afghanistan. Yeah, that was that escalated quickly. Oh, yeah. I thought we were going to go back into war, to be honest. It took, what, like a week? Uh, yeah, about a week. I thought it was going to be like a few months until they got fully invaded. <laughs> yeah, it, it was weird. Like I heard about it. And then I, did you see the video of the people falling off the plane that were holding on? Mm. Yeah. That's just, I mean, we, we, you know, we were over there for 20 years, 20 years, you know, 20 years in one week. It's, it's crazy. The world is a crazy place. I mean, you got, you know, we're, we're fighting each other. We're fighting against nature. You know, the, the human race is, is really holding on. It's kind of impressive, especially the past like year or two. Oh, yeah. I think ever since we shot that gorilla, we've been paying for it. Which gorilla did we? Uh... Arambe in 2016. Oh, I didn't. I don't remember that. Yeah, a, a kid fell in the gorilla pit. Oh, and they, oh yeah, I do remember that now. And they yeah, shot it. And the, yeah, the gorilla went to help the kid, and they shot the gorilla. And I, and I think we've been paying for that ever since. I think we're still like dealing with repercussions. I don't think God likes it when you shoot a gorilla. No. But well, they did it like, in Tarzan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tarzan was raised by them. Yeah. And then the, the gorilla goes to help the kid. They shoot the gorilla. That that ain't right. Maybe That's tranquilize it. Yeah, exactly. Give him a, Well, the, I think they were worried about him flipping out if he got hit with a trank dart before he passed out. They were afraid he was going to hit, like, hurt the kid while he they after they shot him before the um, tranquilizer kicked in. Yeah, I wouldn't. In 2016, you know how many people, thousands of people, wrote in Harambe. When they voted for president. Yeah. It's just like, you know, nobody fucking takes life seriously anymore. People just do things just to be assholes. Oh, yeah. That's where a lot of these anti-maskers, anti they just want to be an asshole. You can quote me on that one. <laughs> just don't don't be an asshole. That's my that's the one thing. Put that on my tombstone. Don't be an asshole. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, like I remember when I was uh, watching the documentary, The Secret, and they're like, this is a secret. The most successful people in the world know it's like if you do, if you put out good energy, good things will happen to you. I'm like, don't be an asshole. 
That's the secret? <laughs> really? Oh, my God. Don't be an asshole. Oh, wow. Why did I think of that? Oh, my God. That's the secret. I knew it. There was a secret. Don't be an asshole. I don't know. I, I feel like, I mean, and this is this definitely, as a comedian, this is great fuel for me. It's just the stupidity that people have become, and specifically Americans. Because the West, the rest of the world's looking at us just like, oh, God damn. <laughs> yeah, I, and I was looking at the code, like the COVID 19, like cases, and a lot of cases, a lot of people, like in different, like countries, they're, they're beating us by a long yeah. time. Yeah. Because they're not entitled. <laughs> they're just like, Oh, so I can um, get the uh, vaccine and then the virus will go away. Yeah, I'll do that. It's just, it's ridiculous. Like that people like don't want to get vaccinated and we're going to be in another lockdown. Yeah. And the variants, the variants, are they're breeding them. They're breeding new variants. It's just crazy. Like what people are thinking nowadays. You remember me. I was I was so quick. I'm like, give me the damn shot. I don't care what it does. Yeah, and then I got the shot about a month after. Yeah, because you told me, you're like, I want to see if there's anything. Like, I want to make sure it's safe. And you got it pretty quick. Yeah, it, so I, my mom and dad convinced me for some reason. I don't know why. They're like, yeah, just go get the shot because, uh, you know, you'll get to travel, this, that, and the third. I'm like, you know, I do want to travel. <laughs> and... um we got the shot like that Friday. Yeah. You just sent me a picture of you at CVS, like getting the shot. Yeah. I, I looked so miserable, but I was fine. <laughs> but the second shot that, that was the worst. That was rough. I was, I was at 2 AM. I was in the fetal position shivering. Really? Yeah. I was like, everything hurt. I was so cold. It only lasted a day though. I still didn't feel hundred percent after I got my shot. Um, the good thing was that my, I, I did have like long-term COVID effects, like, uh, for a few weeks, I was still getting like sick and they, they stopped when I got my second shot. Really? Yeah. Like I was supposed to do a video with Hannah Harkness cause she was actually in Philly cause she's a, she's a New York comic now, but she used to be a Philly comic and we were going to do it. We were going to hit up an open mic and do a video together. And I was just like, I, I just can't, I can't move. I'm, I'm still hurting. I had COVID a few weeks ago and it's still kicking my ass. Cause that, that could, it could, it could stick around. Oh yeah. I, I have a family member who had COVID for a while. He had to move yeah, like I, seven different times. Yeah. I had like 10 days. I had symptoms, but then for the next couple of weeks, I was still getting days where I felt really awful. Really? Yeah, and then once I got my second shot, that stopped. Yeah, I the second shot for me, I didn't feel I just felt nauseous. It it actually the second shot hurt more than COVID. Like I was in more pain from the shot than I was for COVID, but in COVID I was in pain much longer. Yeah, the second shot did kind of suck for me. I, my arm was like killing me. <laughs> So people are like, oh, did your did your arm hurt in your first shot? I'm like, uh, I had COVID. Everything hurt. Both arms hurt. <laughs> um, I was, you know, I was pretty much bedridden for the first three days. After your first shot? No, after the COVID. Once I after, got COVID. Okay. 
Yeah, and then I was awake maybe four hours a day. Um, and then the next, it was 10 days total. So for the first seven days, all after seven days, all my symptoms went away except for the congestion, of the chest congestion. And that went away after 10 days. Okay. But it was definitely a rough process. I do not want to ever do that again. So no. if, they're, if they're saying, oh, there's a booster, give me the booster. Just give it to me. Yeah, I heard that about like it's like a third shot or something. Yeah, well, I think they're also trying to, um, uh, you know, work with it so it actually is effective against Delta. What a, um, yeah, no, I heard that. Especially because J and J isn't good against Delta. Oh no, well, women get cancer. Oh yeah, well J, yeah, they they. They didn't have a good track record to begin with. I just feel like they have to. I, I hope they find a cure so we can get back to normal. But I don't know if yeah. you heard. Tom Wolf said that eighty percent of uh, Pennsylvanians already have the first shot. So we're we're doing we're, good. Yeah, Pennsylvania is going to have herd immunity eventually. Yeah, um, and, and you know, and, and it's, it, I hope so too because they took away his emergency. Um, powers so he can't actually do like a mandate or 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 a lockdown again so i want to get out of this because you know i don't i want it to go away yeah i want to go back out and uh travel more and you know i uber i had an uber driver yesterday said he lost four people to covid really it's uh it's not it's not a joke like i did a video uh, on my channel while I was in a lockdown because I was exposed. So I, I was in a, I was um, quarantining and um, I, I, it was like five o'clock in the morning and I just made this video and I was really mad. And the video is literally called put the fucking mask on. Is that on the blunt Bob channel? Yeah. It's on the blunt Bob experience. Um, and uh, I had this one guy, I was, I was trolling people with the video. Like a lot of these, like, you know, really conservative people and the one guy um called me fat he said i ain't wearing a mask maybe you should lose weight for that'll help you against covid so then oh my god all my friends like a bunch of philly phone contacts made his life a living hell <laughs> calling up his wife uh, calling hit him up on his cell phone like oh my god it was incredible that's what i love about like doing stuff you can have somebody who will fuck you over but you can find so much shit on them in a matter of seconds yeah oh and as a as a journalist because you know i do like you know not only do i do i write articles but i also um are in a lot of true crime groups so i do a lot of online sleuthing and there's it's so it's it's so great now the amount of information you can find on people my favorite so there was this girl, I'm going to read you this message real quick. We, um, so I did a documentary for Bates, uh, Bates Motel, as you know, and I did my own podcast documentary. Mm. So I said something about, I want to do something with documentaries. I want to do one more documentary, like, you know, about something, anything. This girl texted me and she wrote me like a fucking paragraph and a half. She told me she was a single mom with four children living in a wealthy white community and she's trying to maintain government benefits like food stamps, Medicare, after she's left, uh, left her employer. And um, they would not allow me to move. The, uh, they would not allow me to move flexible part-time position because I was overqualified and specialized in the marketing group. 
and she basically wants to, you know, expose them for who they really are. And she's scared to expose them. I'm like, well, if you left the job, why are you scared to expose to expose them? I was like, let's expose them. Who fucking cares? Because like, if you feel that you're getting treated badly, let's do it. Yeah. You know, I got, I, I, I'll give you a little exclusive here because I haven't um, mentioned this publicly because for a while I wanted, to, this was something I wanted to work on on my channel and on TikTok. It's something I've discovered on the internet. I like to call the Flomverse conspiracy. Okay. Now, I think there's a group of magicians working together, making these clickbait videos on uh, Facebook and TikTok and um, I don't know about YouTube, but like they, they all seem to connect with each other and they post each other's videos and they're awful. They're drawn out. I think the videos are specifically designed just to sell ad space. And the guy who I think is behind all this is Justin Flum, a former magician. And I even stitched a couple of them because they're all over the, the TikTok and, and Facebook. Right. Um, but the, it's it's awful. Some of these videos don't even have endings, and they're so they're so drawn out. Like they show you like they do pranks, and they put more. They show you the whole setup of the prank, and barely even show you like the prank itself. If they do, I feel like they specifically make these videos to the right length to just be to sell ad space on like you know just for uh, monetization. Right. And. I don't know. I wanted to like kind of call them out. And that's why I called this the Flomverse conspiracy. Do you think people but, sell it? All right, go on. Well, I mean, not only like selling ad space, but like the, um, the monetization you get when you are on, when you're monetized on a lot of the, you know, YouTube and Facebook, because Facebook has ad space too. So I'm assuming you can get monetized on Facebook. You can get monetized on really anything nowadays. Yeah, even TikTok has like sponsored videos. They, I think, but with TikTok, you had to have like 10,000 subscribers in order to get monetized. Yeah, well, I have, I mean, when I hit a thousand, I was able to start doing lives. Oh, really? And I'm pushing 1.9 right now. Um, but um, I I, I'm really, str- I'm struggling with that nine. I got to eight really quickly. Seven and eight, I got to really quickly, but. Uh, so hopefully, I mean, at least 2000, that's not bad. I'm at 61 right now. It's hard. It took me a long, it took me a year till I started building up following. Really? Yeah. TikTok is just different. And because every platform, especially like us, like we're used to YouTube. So to like, you know, to, to try to figure out a whole new algorithm. Well, I also think you have to like, with the algorithm, I just use a bunch of hashtags now. Yeah, and you got to figure out the right combo too. My God. YouTube, YouTube, you got five hundred words you can use for hashtags. Oh yeah, I would hate that. Oh, I, that's the one thing I hate about uploading YouTube videos is having to put the tags in. Well, the tags, like, because you have to find the right tags, and then like, it's just. Ugh. What's well, my video? I just did. I did. Um, I don't know if you watched it. I did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on NES. Yeah. I'd and I kind of trolled, I kind of trolled everybody because people were like, it's not the worst game ever made, but I call it the worst game ever made. So if you type in 
Ninja Turtles on NES on YouTube, you will not find my video. But if you type in the worst game ever made, I think I'm the third one. Really? Yeah. So I was gonna I was gonna think about I was thinking about doing a whole series of NES and like old games and just call it say they're all the worst game ever made because <laughs> I pissed off enough people, you know, just calling honestly, I really think Ninja Turtles on NES is a pretty fucking bad game. And I think it might be one of the worst. People say it's the hardest, but not the worst. I'll tell you one game that's actually hard that's kind of uh, new, uh, Friday the 13th. Do you mean the new Friday the 13th or NES? The new one. So the NES one I'm actually going to do a video about because that is one of the worst games ever made. The new one, um, if I don't play it for a while, I get really rusty. But it's funny because Rick McCallum was the stunt choreographer. For that one? Yeah, for the Friday the 13th game, the new one. Because Kane Hodder did, you know, Kane Hodder did all the Jason um, motion capture. Like he was, he played Jason for the whole game. And Rick, um, you know, was the stunt choreographer. And I talked to him a little bit on when he, when I interviewed Rick on my channel, I talked to him a little bit about what it was like, you know, being a stunt choreographer for a video game. But the one time I'm playing the game and I'm texting Rick, I'm like, how many people can say that they're playing a game and texting the stunt choreographer for the game at the same time? Not many. <laughs> yeah he, he, he's like you can yeah well i feel like i don't know i just um that game's just really hard i started playing it uh recently i mean you got dead by daylight which is a very similar concept but i do think friday the 13th is a better game the graphics so, suck though i think they're. i don't know i don't think the graphics in dead by daylight are that great i think they're better on friday the 13th did you ever play the last of us no, I don't have a PlayStation. Uh, I play. I beat the first one. Then when we were in lockdown, I got the second one because I know they pushed that out. Yeah. I uh, I wish there was more games like Quantum Break. Yeah. That was a really fun game. And I think you know this, but I'm like a huge time travel nut. I love anything about time travel. I want to do another series on that. Well, I want to, I had two ideas. So um, I'm not going to, the second one is a pretty good idea. And I don't want to like, you know, say it publicly until I actually have some like an actual story, but I had, I do have two ideas for time travel movies that might end up being features because I don't know if they will be short films because they're a little involved. Um, the one I wanted to do was I was thinking about a guy because I talked I actually talked to a philosophy professor about quantum physics right? because because I'm like I want to do a really good time travel movie but every time travel movie has holes and I said to him so basically the way quantum physics explains it Avengers Endgame did not do a terrible job they had tons of holes, but they were right. If you go back in time, you're not going to change the, you're not going to change your present. You're going to just going to create an alternate timeline. Right. So that was right. But I asked the guy, I said, well, what is the only way? Is there an only way to make a time travel movie without having holes? And he said, Terminator. He said, Terminator is the only way to do it. Where no matter what you go, what you do, you know, when you travel back, because everything you went, you did, you already did. It already happened. You already traveled back in time. You already did these things. So there's nothing you can change because everything is predestined. 
Um, and that it was funny because that's how Terminator was, and it was good. And then all the sequels pretty much contradicted that, especially T2, which is my favorite, but they pretty much contradicted that because they changed the future at the end of it. Um, so it's like, um, but like the first Terminator might be one of the most airtight time travel movies ever made. Right. But it's just, it's very hard to do time travel without holes, without plot holes. I mean, Avengers Endgame is a great time travel movie, but full of plot holes. I, I wrote a series called Jason's Woods. And I wanted to make it like an actual like feature film, but it's like an anthology series. So like the first, I have a, I have an idea that could last up to like at least 20 videos, like two videos per like anthology. So like the first two videos would be about Jason. Second two videos would be about like aliens. Third video would be about something else for, you know what I mean? So on and so forth. Uh. And I feel like that would be a really great idea that I want to work on. It's just, I need the people and I need somebody to play Jason. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I have a Jason fan film, um, and I was, you know, wondering, because it's like Kane Hodder is the best Jason, but he's not that tall. He's only like six one, right? So it's like to get. I mean, it's. I thought it was funny too. Like I have a buddy of mine who goes to the conventions dressed up as Victor Crowley, and you see him standing next to Kane, and he towers over Kane. So I'm like, do I want a really tall guy? Because Jason will be scarier if he's really tall. Um, like Derek Mares, I believe is really tall. And then I forget the guy's name who played him in Freddy vs. Jason. But yeah. Kane, who was the best Jason, was only like 6'1". Yeah. I tell you, when he put me in a headlock, though, that that's a hell of a bicep he's got there for a 60-something-year-old guy. Really? Yeah, that guy, he is still like, he's a, you know, that guy is still like just jacked for his age. <laughs> And um, he smells. He smells fantastic. Jason smells fantastic. Remember, you told me that. I did say, yeah. But yeah, he he he. Uh, but he still like lifts people up by their throats for photos. But how does he do that? Like, uh, is he that strong? Yeah, I thought his his bicep dislocated something in my neck. Oh, because I, I I asked him to put me in a headlock. And that was at a horror convention? Yeah. Yeah. My my friend said to me that was the only time she's ever seen me speechless is when I met Kane Hodder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the irony is my favorite, so his favorite uh, Jason movie and my favorite Jason movie are the same. And I'm going to get a lot of crap for this because I always do. It is Jason X. Yeah, uh, I hate that movie. It's and an action that's, flick. I think what I I think what I love about it is the same reason why everybody hates it. <laughs> I don't know why it's my favorite. I mean, the kills—it's got some of the best kills. Um, that's why, and I think that's why it's it's, it's Kane Hodder's favorite because uh, he had some really amazing kills in it. It's just so ridiculous. I don't. I mean, they're all ridiculous. Yeah. You can't take any of them seriously. Maybe the first one. I don't know. The second one, he's got a potato sack on his head. Um. Jason Takes Manhattan is one of my favorites, and everybody gives that movie crap. I, I like that one. I will admit that one's a good one. I mean, okay, it takes him a while to get to Manhattan. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it, it was, I mean, it was like the one part when he kills a chick, I think with the with old pipe. I mean, it's a, it was a, I, I love that one. It's one of my favorites. I think uh, part four is my favorite. 
Four is great. Four is a classic. Um, that was... Uh, a lot of the names are escaping me right now. Um, but I did meet pretty much all the Jasons, most of them at least. I had an opportunity to meet Derek Mayers because I was at a horror convention and I see Derek Mayers, Sid Hag, and um, Bill Mosley in the parking lot talking. So I said to my buddy, I'm like, I saw Bill Mosley kind of walk away. And I said, go now, now, now. And we ran over and we started talking to Bill Mosley. Was he a nice guy? Uh, oh, my God. Nice. And that's why I approached him because I've seen him in interviews and he seems super chill. And I said that to him. I said, I thought, you know, it was OK to approach you because you seem really chilly. Because, yeah, I'm pretty chill. But, yeah, super nice guy. Uh, got a photo with him. Didn't charge us. You know, sat there and talked with us for a while. And it was funny because, I mean, and I hear the same thing about Derek Mayer and Sid Hag. Like, I probably could have approached any of them because they all apparently are really cool. And, you know, Sid Hag passed away. Yeah, like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, Derek Mayers, I mean, yeah, I would have loved to meet him. And I thought he was a good Jason. Um, I didn't think the remake was that bad. It wasn't that um, bad. No, I mean, they, the, the only thing is it was the first four movies. They sped to the first four movies really quick. Yeah. Because that one movie had all four movies, you know, in one. Which wasn't that and bad. They pulled the DC Universe, if you think about it, because DC Universe, they're always trying to rush to catch up to Marvel. I feel like that's what they were doing with Friday the 13th. They were trying to just catch up to get the regular Jason. Yeah, they did. Uh, I, uh, I don't think I was as big of a fan. I forget, because I watched... I actually watched, it took me a while to finally watch the Friday 13th and the Nightmare on Elm Street remakes. And I watched them back to back. I didn't like the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. I don't understand why they tried to make it an ensemble cast. I love Jackie Earl Haley, but um, there's really just no no other Freddy Krueger other than Robert Englund. Yeah. Um, and also, the only way to make Freddy work is to try to just do an exact clone of Robert England because Jack Earl Haley's a great actor and it just wasn't that good. They could have made it, they could have done something, they could have done something better with it, I feel like, with the movie at least. And that's the problem with remakes and reboots. Sometimes it's just better off to just do another sequel yeah. or a soft reboot. I like soft reboots. I like when they try to basically reboot the franchise but they don't retcon anything they don't erase all, all anything that's happened they reference everything that's happened but they try to start a new storyline i think that's cool yeah definitely. I, I think soft reboots are really cool yeah and that's what my problem was with the ghostbusters was i'm all fine with a female cast but i hate how they just made it take place in entirely different continuity mm. What about Ghostbusters Afterlife? Did you see the trailer for that? Trailer looks incredible. I'm really excited. One of the kids from Stranger Things is in it too. Yeah, you know it's funny about Stranger Things, man, because I heard that they're they're saying this is not going to be the last season. Those kids are big, man. Those kids are gonna, you know, they already got mustaches. I mean, like what you know, because it takes a that's a weird thing. These Netflix shows they sometimes spend years shooting a season. Um, you know we. You, we used to have TV shows that you you would get a new season every you know every six months or every year you know. Um, now it's like you know sometimes you got to wait a couple of years for um, a Netflix new season, 
because it's it's been a couple of years since the last season. They were getting big in the last season. Yeah. But it's like, how much longer are they going to go? Did, are they just going to be full grown adults by the end of this show? Are we going to see them retire and move to Boca Raton? I think. Like, well, you know what I read? I read an article the other day. They said they're going to make strange, they could do like more stories about Stranger Things, but it's going to be different like characters. So after this season, they're going to make like another show, like something similar to that. I always wanted Hopper to have a spinoff of him, like just going around looking for like the, the rest of the, you know, the other kids. Yeah. That were experimented on. They could do something with that. I was so glad that they released that teaser so prematurely just to let us know the Hopper's not dead because I don't think we could have waited two years to find out. Oh, exactly. It's like, I just need to know, is he okay? <laughs> you don't have to tell me anything else about the show. I just need to know if Hopper's okay. That's it. That's all I need to know. I When do you think they're coming back? I know they're coming back in 2022, but how... I mean, see, I, hopefully it's soon. Soon, I think it's it's early twenty twenty two. I mean, they they it's been a while. It's been a couple. It's been a few years. Yeah. How do you even shoot a season over years when these kids are aging so fast? Like, I mean, you got you're gonna have a little kid at the beginning of the season, and then like a, a an adult by the end of the season. Yeah, that's that's one thing I don't like. I mean, you have to. I don't know. You have to be consistent. I feel like. When it comes to something like that, but I also think that COVID was a big factor in that as well. Yeah, I, I think we need to find more people like Paul Rudd. Yeah, just people that donate, actors that don't age. <laughs> he, I, I, his first movie was Halloween Six: The Curse. Yeah, liars. Yeah, and I, they asked him to come back, and they ended up getting uh, Michael. What, what's his name from? Uh, Dead Zone and all those John Hughes movies. Rock. Um, the guy Anthony that played Michael Victor Hall. Creed. Anthony not, Michael Hall. Creed. Uh, the, he was the guy that played um, Drago. I, was, I don't know why I said Creed for some reason. I no, right. Well, that's who? Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. He's in, he's in Halloween? Pretty sure. Well, they got Anthony Michael Hall to play the Tommy Doyle role in the new one. Yeah, no, I'm looking at I'm looking this up real quick. But um, yeah, but you know, there's a meme going around saying like, how come, um, you know, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer's character aged in the uh, in the quantum uh, universe after what like thirty hours, but uh, Paul Rudd didn't age after like five hours or something. Oh, he was in there for five years. She was in there for 20 years and he didn't age and she did. And I'm just like, cause he doesn't age. Cause he's yeah. Paul Rudd. <laughs> what about, Oh no, no, he wasn't in uh, Rocky by the way. He was in the breakfast club, 16 candles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like dead zone. Um, that was one of those Stephen King books. I feel like the movie didn't, the movie's good, but it didn't do the book a lot of justice and the show took it in a weird direction that would be something i would love for them to bring back but try to do a darker take on it yeah um it's amazing like sometimes stephen king has like five shows on tv at, at a time but there's and there's so some of them are great and some of them suck yeah some of them are barely based on his work some of them like the mist was a whole new story they did a whole new thing on the mist 
because the movie was a lot like the book, and then the TV show was just kind of its own thing. Maybe you may have the same characters. Salem's Lot, one of my favorite books. I don't think either movie really did it that much justice. Yeah. Well, they were both miniseries, I think. TV TV miniseries. Excuse me. Well, I'm looking at the time right now, and actually about to go make dinner in just like a few minutes because I'm getting kind of hungry. I haven't eaten all day. My car was in the shop. I remember, yeah, you had you're getting um, worked on on it. Yeah, I'm actually going to meet up with um, a comedian friend who I haven't seen. Uh, I haven't seen him in maybe a couple years in person at this point. Really? Um, no, I mean, you know, because I haven't seen him since before COVID in person. Hmm. So uh, I think he's going to do DoorDash, and I'm just going to sit in the car with him to try to catch up. But um, Alex Majakis, good uh, good friend of mine, a really fantastic comedian. Um, we were hopefully, you know, me and him start doing some more stuff together because I generally try to cast him in pretty much everything I do because he's a great actor as well. Really? Yeah, I um very lucky. I got a lot of a lot of really, you know, Philly's got a lot of great people in it. Some really eager people, uh, really talented people. So hopefully, like when as this stuff starts to blow over, we get some good content coming out there again. Yeah, I can't wait to start filming more. I mean, um, with the whole sphere project, I have a few more things I want to do. Um, wanted to get these this video out this week, but I'm still waiting to hear back from this one person. I think the next thing you and I will do is probably what the Devil's Gate. Yes, because that's the one it seems like we were talking about doing. Devil's Gate, and uh, I want to do Brandywine, but I would do Brandywine during the day, to be honest, because I don't know how. Oh, you, know you mean, mean the battle? You mean the battlefield? Yeah. Well, yeah, we were we were talking about doing the battlefield. Well, there's a lot of historical stuff we can do. Um, we probably need permission though, because there'll be other like tourists and stuff around. If we did during the day. Yeah, that's probably one thing. But I think I think when we were looking up, did they say they closed? Because we were trying to go at night the one time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the um Getty, you know, Gettysburg uh one day. Yeah, I would love to do Gettysburg. That's a good one. But and we might we, we might even be doing it with Rick McCallum because he's trying to do it and he said we can, you know, I asked him. He said, uh, whenever I do it, you can always join because it's not far from us. It's like two hours, I think. Yeah, because he's, he's uh, you know, trying to, uh, you know, sell, get, put some money aside for a Gettysburg trick with his uh, book sales. Yeah, which is going to be great. But, um, yeah, man, it was good good to have you on the show. Thank you. Yeah, I'm on. glad. We, yeah, we've been talking about it for a while. Things keep getting in the way. Yeah, definitely. But no, we'll um we'll definitely film something soon in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I don't even know when I'm filming the next video. I just gotta edit this video that I'm doing. Yeah, I was just looking at spirit boxes today. Yeah, that would be. I mean, we haven't, you know, I want to be able to do something like that too. Is where we try to actually contact someone. I where, which we we could have done in the twin tunnels if we were able to both be in it at the same time. But that, yeah, we would have to find someone to like drive though. Because me, I was just like, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting in, I'm getting what I need, and I'm getting the fuck out of here. 
Like I, I wasn't gonna like sit down and light a candle and be like, I'm summoning Janet. <laughs> I want to do something with. Um, I want to try a Ouija board, but I'm afraid to. Well, I do. Uh, I want to do the Radnor Hotel. Yeah. And that might be a good place to play to do an Ouija a Ouija board at. Yeah, I'm a little afraid to do that. <laughs> See, I mean, I'm just. I don't. I don't even know what to classify myself anymore. If I'm a skeptic believer, but I'm just. I guess the best way to put it is just I ain't afraid of shit. I think it's the best way to put it. Like, I, I I'm skeptical. I definitely need some convincing with a lot of stuff. I go into a lot of stuff not really believing it because of how much speculation is out there and people saying how everywhere is haunted. My, I, how many people say to you? Oh, you're a ghost hunter. My house is haunted. Not many. Like every day. Really? I get yeah. I hear it like all the time. But um, but yeah, I just I'm just I ain't you know I ain't scared of no ghosts. Um, it's just me. I just you know I'm not. I'm scared. If you're gonna tell me there's a maniac with a knife, because that's what I was worried about in the tunnel was there's gonna be some crazy homeless guy or something. Oh yeah, that's that's the next thing. <laughs> that's gonna be in our future videos. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. And uh, that's Bob, Blunt Bob Experience. And just go check out his channel on YouTube. I'll link it all down in the description below. And uh, I'll be back right after this song. All right, everybody. That's going to wrap up the TJTV podcast. If you guys are new, like and subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and much more. We'll be back in a week. Um, fun interview with Bob Kaplan. It's about an hour and 21 minutes. But yeah. Um, let me know what you guys think of what I was saying earlier. I mean, I, like I said, I don't want to move. Or I do want to move. But there's many reasons why I just want to move. You know? Many reasons. But it is what it is. All right, everybody. I'll see you guys later for another episode. I'll be back next week. And um, I don't think I have an interview scheduled for next week. So, yeah. But, yeah. I'll see you guys later. Peace.